Welcome back to the fourth episode of Fixed. I'm your host, Jessica Danielle. In the United States, we lose approximately 200 people or more each day, largely in part to the ferocious fentanyl crisis plaguing our country. Today, my special guest is Melody Bowers. Melody lost her son, Brandon Bowers, at the young age of 27 on August 4th of 2022. Brandon is described by those he loved as athletic, sweet, and compassionate. The list goes on. In my mind, it's the dimples that stick out. Mel and her husband, Ken, have used their loss to inform other parents, rally at local, state, and federal levels, and have even helped pass a stiffer law in South Carolina creating harsh penalties for those that traffic fentanyl. I've had the pleasure of growing very close to Mel over the last year. She's a wonderful woman, a strong woman, an amazing mom. She even sent me Chick-fil-A, my absolute favorite, while I was stuck in the hospital earlier this year for a heart surgery. The Bauer story is sadly becoming all too common. However, with the help of Ken and Mel and others like them, we will see change in legislation as well as a decrease in both death rates and stigma. Without further ado, here is Melody Bowers. Welcome, Mel. Thank you so much for joining me on this day to talk about Brandon and your story. How are you? I'm good. I would first of all like to thank you for inviting me to talk about Brandon. No, I, I, I um, from the moment that I met you, I don't the a little background on my relationship with you was I, I believe I reached out to you after seeing a post of your son and um, what stuck out to me about him was like, one, he's adorable, very, <laughs> he has dimples for ages. And I remember messaging you, I believe, asking if I could, um, if you wouldn't mind if I, you know, used his photos and a face as a fentanyl page and um me and you kind of over the last year have grown incredibly close but I really appreciate you being on here and I appreciate what you do and I um, I'm just grateful for you and that you're here to tell his story and you know help other people that you know um help educate other people so thank you for being here Oh, yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Um, yeah, you did reach out. And um, so that I was grateful for that, actually, because what we were trying to do, it made sense. I was like, oh, my gosh, someone <clears throat> took notice of my son and uh, wants to share his story and that just really touched my heart that someone in Texas and I live in South Carolina um, you know was touched by my son so yeah a little bit about my son Um, like you said the dimples uh, Brandon was 27 his birth date was 420 95 and um, he was the most beautiful baby I've ever seen in my life. He had dimples. He had a little cleft chin. And I was like, oh, my God, you're just so handsome. And um, he was uh, he was handsome. He was a handsome young man. And um, he, he was, was, he, he, was. <laughs> he matches, you know, he yeah, I'm biased towards my son. But I will say 
I have some very cute photos of Brandon on my phone and it's, 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 it's tight race. Okay. I'm I'm not going to lie. It's a tight race. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know, Brandon was, I laugh and I tell people, I said, it's so funny because he had different stages in life. I mean, at 27, he was born, um, and was a toe head and he had straight hair and then it started turning a little brown. And then when he reached puberty, it was curly, like kinky, curly, brown hair. And um, I love this story. One weekend he went to stay with a friend and he showed up Sunday with baby dreads all over his head. And I was like, oh, my God, Brandon, what have you done and he's like, oh, mom, this is cool. I was like, no, it's not. But then I grew to love his little baby dreads. So. I think I have a picture with, I think I have like one with his brown hair with dreads. I'm not sure, but I like, I can, did that beads in, were the dreads like no. beaded? No, no, he never did um, put anything in them, but he did wear like a, I don't know, some kind of little thing on his head with his dreads, but um, I don't know. He was just so darn cute, no matter what his hair looked like, because then he had to shave his dreads so he could go um, work in Vail, Colorado. And um, once he shaved his dreads, his hair was thinning on top. So he was like, Mom, I'm just going to shave it. I'm just going to keep it shaved. And even with a little bald head, he was the cutest dang thing. I mean, I'll just have to say that he is my son and he was absolutely just handsome. He was, he really was. And he loved, um, that was something that I kind of gathered from photos and whatnot in the, a couple of videos <laughs> is that he loved to snowboard. Yes. 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 So tell me about that. Well, it's so funny. Um, it's not funny, but it is funny. He thought he was an extreme snowboarder. Actually, um, it's a good friend and I were talking the other night cause we always talk about Brandon. And um, she was like, you know, your son has no fear. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. My child had no fear. And so he thought he was an extreme snowboarder. And every year he'd go work up at Vail, but then he would have to come home in the spring and have surgery. So we had a shoulder surgery, collarbone surgery, um, an ACL surgery, and then that, then he um, decided to stay home after that. But, um, so I don't know what the crazy boy did up there, but, you know, during our, our lake days, he would, we have this, uh, rock It's called the rock. And I mean, I'm not, I don't know how tall that rock is. It's probably, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, at least maybe a half a football field high, He would crawl, he would climb to the top of it, jump off backwards and do two flips into the lake. Oh my God. Yeah. My heart would sink every time. And he was like, I've got it, mom. Don't you worry about it. And I'm like, yeah, I do worry about it. (laughs) Of course I'm your mother. But you know, the funny thing, or it's not funny, but one thing I've noticed, um, or one of my beliefs is like kids that, you know, they're kind of kids that end up, um, doing reaching for any sort of you know substance no matter what it is whether it's marijuana or opiates or whatever a lot of them have like they tend to either be fearless or really fearful it's kind of like they're on one end of a spectrum or another like I was I was a no fear person 
my son is no fear. That scares the heck out of me. My yeah. husband was no fear. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun when you're a kid, but, <laughs> but I, I mean, but it's fun when you're a kid, but a lot of these, uh, it's just something I've kind of noticed. Um, but tell me more about Brandon and I want to hear his story. Well, as a small child though, see, this is the uh, funny part about him is a small child he would literally melt into me if someone looked at him and spoke to him. He would just like, oh my gosh, there's a stranger danger or something. In fact, we would have teachers ask us, does your son ever speak? And we're like, yeah, all the time. And they're like, well, he doesn't ever talk in class and he doesn't ask questions. And we're like, what? So um, he was a mama's boy. I am going to say that because he loved his mama. And I've got so many pictures of him. He'll just come and curl up to me. Um, that was just something that he he always did. He would always give me that side hug, that side kiss. It was always, hey, mama, I love you. And I, our saying was, he would always say, hey, mama, I love you. And I would say, hey, Brando, I love you more. And so mm. anyway, so on my necklace, I have, I love you more. Because that was what I would always tell him. And, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, uh, he was a mama's boy and he, he loved his mama. I mean, not that he didn't love his daddy, but I will put out there because a lot of people probably ask this question. Brandon did have a sister or he huh? does have a sister. I, I was going to, I was going to mention <laughs> Ashley. I was going to mention Ashley and just your family dynamic in that. Is Ashley the oldest? Yes. Ashley is the oldest. She is okay. 32. So I always say I'm a mom, I'm a wife of 35 years. I'm a mom of two, one on earth and one in heaven. And I'm a Mimi to three. Mimi's daycare. That's what <laughs> Mimi's daycare. You're the best Mimi ever. I always, oh man, I wish I had a Mimi's daycare for the last, you know, my, <laughs> gosh, Mimi's daycare sounds like a blast. Oh yeah, it is. Some days. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. That's what I, that's what I do. That's what I'm here for. And, um, uh, I try to take care of my babies, but, um, you know, Brandon and my daughter's name is Ashley. They were close growing up and we always did family things. We were always going and, um, we were always doing, we were camping or just taking a day trip here and there or going to amusement parks or, you know, vacationing at the beach or the mountains and, um, just traveling and we did things together as a family of four and they they were close they were close in age as well right because brandon four years in. okay yeah. four years yeah okay so close enough in age where that's like a good that's actually a really i think that's like perfect yeah there wasn't a whole lot of fighting or beating up on each other you know i didn't have to worry i didn't have to break up too many fights between them so um that was good I have some um, really cool pictures of Brandon, if I'm not mistaken, in Ashley's wedding. Is that correct? Or where was what? Where's the wedding pictures that I have? Who's he with? He's walking down the aisle. Yes, that's with Isabella. That's at his sister's wedding. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some beautiful pictures of that. So that's nice that he at least got to experience that. He looks like an angel in some of those pictures. And I'll have to um, share some of those as well. Yeah. Um, I you mean, know, Isabella was his, Isabella's the oldest. She's 13 of the grands. And the minute that child was born, Bella, I mean, Brandon 
just wrapped his arms around that kid and he thought of her as his own. He loved that girl um, to pieces. And he always said to me, he's like, mom, I can't wait to have my own. I can't wait to be a dad. And I was like, well, yeah, I can't wait for you to be a dad either. I said, I think you'd be an amazing dad. Mm. So. Um, yeah, that has to be hard. Um, but that has to be really hard. That's got to be one of the things that kind of, that kind of gets you, um, for sure in terms of like futuristic stuff. But I mean, it, I will say from everything I've seen, it does look like he lived a very full life and a very (laughs) short time span. So, I mean, yes, he did. Yeah. I mean, he was so loved by it sounds like everyone and so loved by you mom of the year I love you to death wish you were my mom (laughs) like you are amazing and I know he felt love on this planet every single moment so yeah and so he got a lot of stuff stuffed into 27 years as much as you possibly can right right he did and that's the thing about him you know all his friends say that and I know this for a fact as well that Brandon loved with all his heart. And if you were a friend of Brandon's, you were a friend for life. Um, He didn't take friendship for granted at all. And he would, he was a ride and die, man. He was there for you regardless. And so many of his friends would say, you know, when I was down or I was feeling blue or, you know, I was having problems, Brandon was always there to lift me up. You know, he's got friends who were trying to get into the music business and he would be the first one at a concert or at a venue and s- support them and say, man, that was awesome. You, your music is awesome and you're doing so good and I'll always support you. That was, Brandon was just that kid. He was just genuine. He was genuine. He was not a put on. He would not, I mean, he was just a gentleman. He was a, he was a Southern gentleman. He was always Mm -hmm. there to help anybody. He was there. He would open doors for anybody, even his mama. We would go out. He would open the door for me. Love that. Um, Yeah. Pull my chair out and not from under me, but, (laughs) (laughs) and he wasn't, but he was a prankster. He did. He liked to joke around. He, he enjoyed a good joke and, um, you know, he was a comedian, but, um, did that just- shyness like that he had that you talked because it sounds like, so I have a similar situation with my son where he talks a ton at home. Like he's a toddler, but he talks to me and his dad and, you know, the people that he sees all the time, but he doesn't really like, he's very shy. Did that mm-hmm. shyness ever like go away? Cause it sounds like Brandon had you guys and then he had a very close knit group of friends from my understanding did that shyness like go away was he a social butterfly like how did that evolve over time oh yeah he was definitely a social butterfly um he did in high school open up more like in class and with teachers and stuff and coaches um more so than when was younger um and then he was just and that was another thing that his friends because of course you know outside of the family and when he's with friends you never know how they're going to act or what they're going to do but they would always say the minute Brandon Bowers walked into a room it was like the party started 
And there was Brandon with his big smile, high fives, always high fiving. Um, you know, he was just full of life and everybody loved him. I have his, I can like picture him in my head. Um, there's this picture of him. I think he's in his car. He's like wearing a red shirt and he's like smiling like ear to ear. Like he's, I don't know if he's driving or in there, but I just like can picture him. He has really this like smile that was like very hard to forget. And that's like really something that kind of, um, touch me you know I I talk to a lot a lot of parents but there's you know a few that really like I've got I've grown close with um you I definitely have gotten very very close with and talked to the most and the longest and so I knew I do know a lot about Brandon um and I know a lot about what happened I want everyone else I guess to hear from you um, on your perspective of how this happened, because I, I don't know that it's, um, you guys were a very normal family and I, and it wasn't that, like, I don't believe that, um, it was something that you were aware of to the extent, or I don't know. I just want you to explain in your perspective what happened and how this happened. Okay. So we, knew that Brandon enjoyed his marijuana and it's not legal here in South Carolina. So when he graduated and was trying to figure out what he wanted to do, um, he said, Hey mom, I'm thinking about going to Colorado and work the slopes out there. And I'm like, Oh, that's great because marijuana is legal. So you go out there and be legal and do your marijuana. Right. Mm, Yeah. And so I always talked to him. I was like, Brandon, you know what they say, you know, me not really knowing a lot about drugs to begin with, because I was, I never participated in anything and um, not to say that I was goody goody, but that's just something I never, you know, growing up, that was not my thing. So um, I was like, Brandon, you know, they say that's a gateway drug to other drugs. I know mom, but that's all I do. And I'm like, okay, well just know that, you know, just please don't do anything else. Please don't do anything else. Well, he had friends that did other things and he would come home and he would say, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so we had to take him to the emergency room. He overdosed and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Brandon, you're not doing anything. No, mom, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, okay. So anyway, so, you know, he went to Colorado and he did his thing and then he'd come home and we knew he was still smoking marijuana. So, but those were four years ago or so. And so, um, as far as I knew, he only did marijuana, which is becoming more like, I mean, I was never really big in a pop, but my husband, like, for instance, sounds a lot like Brandon, like he worked slopes in Colorado. And like, if it was up to him, that's where he'd probably be right now. Like, just like, Mm -hmm. that was like his thing, but I hated smoking weed, but, um, whenever but I will say that like you know for some people it is a gateway um for sure now in terms of like when you started to did you start to note because he comes home right from in between right so I never noticed anything different about him I never saw signs of anything different um he had a girlfriend that he just absolutely worshiped the ground the girl walked on And he actually lived with her for 
I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe six months. And then they broke up. So he came back home and this was in 2021, 2021. And um, I was um, full-time caregiver for my mother who had Alzheimer's or well, dementia and Parkinson's. And she was bedridden for a year because of she had COVID and just never regained her herself. And so anyway, I kept, I had to take care of her for the whole 2021. And then my mother passed away December 4th of 2021. So, um, I was dealing with that and, you know, Brandon was at home with us and I never noticed anything different. So then February, I'm going to jump to February of 2022. Okay. Um, I'm in my den and Brandon walks up to me and he said, Hey mom, I'm dying, but it's okay. And I just kind of like looked at him and I thought, what the hell? And he said, it's okay, mom. It's okay, but I'm dying. And I'm like, what, what? My head is spinning. Literally. I'm saying, what, what? As I'm saying that his eyes roll back in his head and I'm like, sit down, sit down, sit down. So he sat down and my husband happened to have already, he was already home at that time. And he comes in the back door. I'm already calling 911 and I'm screaming. And my husband's like, what, what is going on? What is going on? I said, I don't know. Brandon said he's dying. And so my husband it throws him on the ground and starts CPR on him. And um, so needless to say, uh, first responders get here and um, they ask us to leave. And so they, my husband was in here and they hit him with some Narcan and he rubbed his chest and he kind of came to and they hit him with some more Narcan and he came to and uh, my husband's like, what is that? What, 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 what's, what's going on? And he's like, uh, they said it was a fentanyl overdose. And my husband's like, what the hell is fentanyl? And um, so we're all in shock. We're in shock. And they're like, I was like, take him to emergency room. We got to figure out what's wrong with him. I got to make sure he's okay. So they took him to emergency room and we're in, sitting in there and we're like, son, what, 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 what was that? What, you know, we're like, what, what, what? And Did you um, even heard of fentanyl at this point in time? Did you, no. was that like on your radar? No, no. Okay. I knew nothing about fentanyl, nothing. And, but he had just come, he had just walked in the house from the back where he had smoked some marijuana and it was in his marijuana and um so at that point we're like oh my god you know oh my god what you know I'm worried I'm worried I'm like oh my god what are you doing from February to August I saw a difference in my son um I saw his erratic behavior at times And I was like, Brandon, what are you doing? Are you doing something? No, mom, I'm not doing a thing, mom. I promise I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, well, you're not acting right. He's like, no, I'm good, mom. I'm good. And I'm like, he goes, I'm trying to detox, mom. I'm trying to detox. Well, I don't know what detox is. Or what he's detoxing from. Like you're like in your mind for all, you know, you're thinking weed or I don't know. Cause you never exactly, exactly, exactly. So, you know, after the fact, you learn a lot, you do, and you're educated and, um, it's, it, 
it's like, why? I wish I had known. Why didn't I know? What was I supposed to look for? Um, so, but anyway, so, you know, he kept telling me that mom, I'm just detoxing. I'm, I'm trying to come off this stuff and, um, you know, does he ever admit to you that it is no, 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 no. Um, but he would say, mom, I'm going to get some more, I'm going to get some more marijuana because it helps me. It's helping me, um, you know, to get through this. And I'm like, but dude, I said, I want to see the marijuana because I want to make sure there's nothing in it. So he had some marijuana that was buds, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, I was like, whatever, uh, you know. So anyway, um, August 4th, uh, my husband went to stay with his mom. He's an only child. So he would stay once a week with his mom. And so he was gone. Brandon came home from work. And this is August 4th of 2022. Yes. I'm sorry. August 4th, 2022. And I said, um, I'm going to get us something to eat. I'm not cooking tonight. What do you want? He said Zaxby's. That was his favorite. And um, he said, hey, this friend's coming over and he just wants to go smoke and I'll be right back. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I left, came back home. uh, Real, I mean, it wasn't going long. And I'm in the kitchen getting our dinner ready and he walks in the back door. And I'm like, oh, you're already home. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just went, he had to get to work or something. So, you know, we just ran around the block. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, here's your dinner. So he ate his dinner and um, he was in his room where he liked to stay. But, you know, he never stayed like locked up. I mean, his door was always open and uh, or cracked. So, <clears throat> 8.30 that evening, I just decided I was going to go get in my bed and watch TV. So I'm laying in there and watching TV. And I don't know, it was the time I don't have down. I want to say maybe 9.30, 9.45. I hear like someone's car stereo just thumping, like just thumping. The whole house was like vibrating. And I thought to myself, what the heck? So I jump out of bed and I go run to the front door and there was actually a car sitting in my front yard. And I'm like, who is that? You know, I'm thinking Brandon and I couldn't see anything. So I thought, wait a minute, I need to check his room. So I go, his door was cracked. So I opened the door and as I opened the door, he's laying, he was sitting up against the wall because that's where he sat to watch TV And he was slumped over and there were pillows in front of him. So I thought, oh, well, he fell asleep, right? So I, as I walked up to him, I could see the discolor. And at that point, I knew something was wrong. So I started screaming. I had to go get my phone. I was calling 911 and they were wanting me to do all this. And I started trying to do CPR on him the best I could. And, um, it dawned on me that I had a box of Narcan in his room and I grabbed it, not knowing how to even use it. And I started just shooting that stuff in one nostril. Then I grabbed the other one and I shot it up the next nostril. And then I'm still doing CPR. Then finally the uh, 
responders came in and asked me to leave. And so I did. And um, long story short, so immediately after the first responders got here and I got off the phone with 911, I called my husband and I said, you got to get home. You still had hope at this point, though, right? Like you were unaware. Yes, um, I did. You were unaware that like he was not. Gonna I mean, cons- you know, Jessica, in the back of my mind, I thought he's already gone. But in my heart, I'm like, no, he's not. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, they're going to bring him back, you know. Well, because so, you've kind of gone through that. You've gone through something a little bit similar, but not quite earlier. Right. I mean, I'm guessing maybe there was like still hope that something could be done. That's like. Right. Right. So uh, I was on the front porch because they'd asked us to they asked me to leave. And so I sat on the front porch of our house and um, they kept walking in and out, in and out, in and out. And I kept like, OK, um, you know, what's going on? And they were like, oh, I got to get some, you know, nobody really a- answered me. And um, this is on camera also caught on camera. Yeah. What the moment that they tell you, which is yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, they did tell me. Was husband home yet? That's no. what. Okay. No, I was by myself with the first responders when they told me. And it was just any angel mom knows exactly what I'm saying but my chest hurt so bad it was like my heart was literally breaking in half I mean it was so painful that it just cracked and I couldn't breathe and I was just I was like are you sure you're not going to walk he's not going to be wheeled out right now y'all are not going to take him to the emergency room are you sure and um they were like no we're sorry and I guess it was another good five minutes before my husband got here and then that's what he was greeted with was me telling him that Brandon was no longer with us Mm. so and um then his sister got here um, right after my husband got here. And, um, so, you know, it was a while before they would let us come in and see, um, the corner was in here for a while, but I will say that I have heard many stories and I've heard some horrible stories of how the first responders or the, the sheriff's department or the coroner even, responded to the family and I could not have asked for a better be surrounded by a better group of people they were so compassionate they were here for us they whatever we needed to do they let us stay with Brandon as long as we wanted to they weren't in any kind of hurry even though by this time it was two o'clock in the morning see you know it's so interesting about that and I'm so grateful that you got that moment but I did just interview one of another South Carolina mom that you know and they um they your experience like you both found your sons um she was 
treated very differently in the sense they did not investigate her son's death. They did investigate it from what I understand Brandon's and she was treated like she felt very um, kind of brushed aside, like very much so like, Oh, we see this all the time. Sorry. It's probably fentanyl. We don't really know, but okay. Bye. And that's like gotta be really hard. So that is something to be grateful for in that right because I can't even imagine like not being able to yeah to sit with yeah. they were they were uh, it, it it you know unfortunately it was a very unfortunate experience and I wouldn't wish that experience on anybody but <clears throat> they were awesome to us and actually they've become part of our family especially the investigators so of course, you know, by this time, it's two or three o'clock in the morning and you don't sleep at all. And because if you close your eyes, which for me, if I close my eyes, I can relive that any moment. And that is not something that I like to relive. But um, the investigators came over fairly early the next morning and they had taken the sheriff's department had taken Brandon's phone that night. And, um, so they had his phone and they were questioning, you know, the event and people and so forth and so on. And they stayed really close with us. And so there are three people who have been connected to Brandon and, um, one actually pled guilty of bringing the substance over And there's other, there's two more who are going to trial. Not sure. They were supposed to have already gone to trial last week, but it's been postponed. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Because once it gets to the federal level, you don't have that close connection with the. Like with the like local, right? Like Like, local DA or whatever. But I want to ask you about that too, because so, um, you guys, and I don't mean to like jump ahead, but I also know you're wanna, fine. I don't want to hang on that night, right? Too much with because I know it's just I don't want to do that to you. Um, and but you've done a lot since then, um, locally, uh, statewide. Um, you even went to the national DC rally, uh, you know, fighting fentanyl. But I want you to tell me about your organization and because you guys got a you and I know there was a few other people in South Carolina and different organizations but essentially you guys were really able to make movement on a law that changes the penalty substantially for people trafficking fentanyl you guys made it a huge federal offense am I correct yeah absolutely yeah and you know, after Brandon's death in August, it was probably October, November. My husband said, we've got to do something. Now, we we did not know anything about fentanyl. We didn't know anything about groups. We didn't know anything about rallies. We didn't know anything about a law going to be passed or anything. It was all just, it was all just a big, new, it was all new. And we, we just... My husband said, we've got to do something. We got to educate those parents out there who are like us, who don't realize 
or see the signs and don't know what to do. We don't know what to do because there are so many people who go, oh, I wish I knew. I wish I did this. And what if? And, you know, we can't go back and say that because that's only I mean, there's nothing we can do now, but we can do something to help save the next person's child. But we can't save our own. So there's no reason for us to sit there in heartache and go, what if I did this? And what if I did that? Well, it's not going to bring him back, you know. So I commend you, though, for doing what you're doing, because you guys started FEAR, which literally stands for Fentanyl Education Awareness Resources. And you guys are literally trying to educate parents so, so it doesn't happen to their kid. Like, how right. incredible is that? I mean, I you do it for like the rest of us. Right. You're, you're, and that's like incredible that you're doing that. And um, and you've really made a lot of headway. And I want to I want you to tell me about the stuff that you guys do and what you want to do in the future with it. Well, and that's just what, I mean, that's the only thing we could do. I mean, my husband said, we, I, I want to channel our grief and our pain into saving somebody else from going through what we're going through, because it's not, it's not a club that you want to be a part of, but the people that are in this club are some of the most amazing angel moms and dads that you could ever meet. And um, we're all in this fight together. And so we're doing what we can locally. We've had rallies. We've had one here in our Greenville area. We had one in Easley. We've had one in Spartanburg. Um, my husband's from Newberry. So we went to the small town of Newberry. And honestly, that was probably the best. We had a lot of the local, um, the mayor, the city, the sheriff, um, first responders, um, rehab facilities actually talk and give out some very informative information. It was amazing. And that's what we hope to continue in other cities. So um, we're doing this in honor of Brandon um, because you, I don't want anyone to ever forget him and um, they won't He's forget impossible him. to forget once you see his <laughs> face. No. And I, he really, he really, um, he really does have, this like smile that's like impossible to forget. And, um, I mean, you know, I, I see so many of these families. I've, I've gotten close to a few, um, and those families, you know, I'll, I'll never forget any of their faces. I really, I can picture a, a bunch of faces, but like I've gotten close to a few of them. And ironically, it's a little bit weird because a lot of the people I've gotten close to are from the Carolinas. Which, oh, is, wow. which is odd, right? You would think yeah. like that was where, how does that, how did that happen? Right? Like more <laughs> so, I don't know, but you guys all do um, know each other and a lot of you and you did get that bill passed. So tell me about that bill specifically. Yes. Yeah, so that is a trafficking bill um, that I believe, I, gosh, Jessica, I should have been more prepared for that one. I actually have it somewhere in my educational stuff here. That okay, well, here, the, do you want me to do you want me to spit it out? Do you yeah. want me to spit it out for you? Okay, the so rundown it. of yeah, go ahead and spit it out on exactly what it is, on grain years and all that. I've got it somewhere. I just don't have hands. Well, I don't have my hands on it. I believe it's like if you were caught in the state of South Carolina with um, four grams 
uh, four grams of fentanyl. Yeah. Um, with it, I believe it's up, it's like seven years. And seven then years. It, $50,000 yep, fine. Yep. And it goes up to 25 years and it's not state time. This is fed time. Right. So they've made it a federal offense, which is different from state offenses. You will do 80% of that time. Um, and that's a big deal because up until you guys got this passed, which just happened, there was no laws specifically for fentanyl. And I'm hoping that more states follow your lead because it, they're need, it's killing kids, right? Like, right. I mean, this stuff is not that. And whenever we talk about fentanyl and education, pe- like fentanyl, the pharmaceutical grade fentanyl has been around for a very long time, but it's not that that's killing people. It's the illicit fentanyl, the fentanyl that is man made by drug dealers, not right. scientists, you know, and it, and it's 50 times stronger than heroin, a hundred, I mean, 50 times stronger than morphine, a hundred times stronger than heroin. And, you know, that to a person that does not have a tolerance, you know, it, it can kill them the first time they ever use it. And, yeah. and, and it's, I'm just so proud of everything that you guys have done. Well, and I don't in that, that I- in that law as well, see, fentanyl was not even a schedule one drug. So to garner the harsher punishment. So now it is a scheduled one drug. So that is, you know, another plus because, you know, and there needs to be some other drugs on there as well. I know in January we'll start fighting for the um, homicide induced law. Well, and that was something I was going to ask as well, because you, in my opinion, okay. So you, in my opinion, are one of the, um, not few, but like I hear way more about people not investigating and not prosecuting um, fentanyl cases. Right. And and you are blessed that they that you had you know the the department that you did and that they did investigate. Yeah. And you know you really are in that arena because one it sets an example, but two. Not that you're going to get closure, but I mean, those people don't need to be out doing that and giving that and killing any more people. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if, if, we can, any- if we can just get one, two more people off the street, I know there's a gazillion more on there, but you know, I mean, it, if one's off the street, then that saves somebody's life, you know, is the way Absolutely. I look at it. <clears throat> Absolutely. And then there's this like, new emerging threat with with fentanyl being mixed with the animal tranquilizer xylazine right which is a whole other thing um because in i know in your rallies tell me if i'm wrong but you do pass out naloxone which if you want to explain what that is yeah um, or narcan naloxone but you do pass that out correct we do we do offer that um you know i'm I, I truly believe that everyone needs that. Um, I had it and unfortunately it didn't save my son, but I feel like everyone, regardless, because I've had so many people go, well, I don't really know anybody that's an addict and are doing drugs. And I'm like, um, you know, they don't have to be an addict and they don't have to be doing drugs. I said, it can be found in anything. And I said, 
But if you're in a situation where you can save someone's life because it's only a matter of minutes, you still call 911, but it's only a matter of minutes before someone cannot be revived by using Narcan. And there's so many innocent people who, you know, uh, just take something like a Xanax or a Percocet or Adderall from a friend because they're going to have a big test and they think they're getting something and it's been mixed with an illicit fentanyl and then they die because no one there had any Narcan. So I'm a big So you're passing it out for free, correct? Like you guys go, you guys get. Yes. Yes. We have, we have some, um, uh, rehab centers that we have at every every rally and they are licensed or whatever to be able to give it out for free. Um, some of them are like, how many do you need? Um, you know, uh, it's just, uh, I, I just strongly believe that everybody needs it. I carry it in my car. I carry it in my purse. Um, because I don't, I have PTSD and I don't want to come across something and go, Oh, Oh, my Narcan's at home sitting in the house, you know? Well, I mean, and also um, the interesting thing about Narcan is that it didn't save your son's life the second time, the first time that, you know, it, it, it did work and I've seen it work, but, but a lot of people need multiple doses of Narcan and that's where the xylazine issue um, is kind of coming in as well. I don't know how familiar you are with that but that was some it's it doesn't respond to narcan and i do not know where you know there's always going to be something worse right people i don't know why they you i mean you would think common knowledge would be you don't want to kill your clients or customers but i mean xylazine is creating sores it's not reactive with naloxone it's very hard even to get people off of you know fentanyl and xylazine even using um medication assisted treatment which is like suboxone and sublocade or whatever it's not really responsive because it's a it's an animal tranquilizer it's not even an opiate right um so there's a lot of there's a lot of factors but regardless i agree with you every person should have naloxone in their car or and if you have if you're a family and you have kids over all the time in that age bracket whether you think your kids you know are right just, it's not gonna happen to me right whatever right. never them. say that yeah you can I, never I say hate, not my child please I hate that yeah. I know yeah and then, and then the other thing I was gonna ask you is um fentanyl poisoning the term poisoning versus overdose Right. Where are your thoughts on that? Um, my son was poisoned. I agree. Um, because is- he did not say, oh, God, I think I'm going to take some fentanyl today and make it through the night. I think <sighs> I'm going to take some fentanyl. I think I want to do some fentanyl. No. Right. He wanted, he didn't know that fentanyl, right. Like, it's nothing... It's essentially different in the sense that like an over. So, okay. As a previous addict, 
I know that I just wanted to get high. I didn't ever want to not wake up. Okay. But if I would have accidentally overdosed on heroin, which is what I was expecting, you know, I was using heroin. If it was really heroin, that would have been an overdose. Right. Now, if it was heroin plus fentanyl and that killed me, that would have been a poisoning because something was put in there that I did not know right was deadly or I would not have taken it right yeah and that's where the thing that's where the poisoning comes into play and I think that that term um is finally being used more often Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not necessarily like it doesn't necessarily offend me personally if someone uses one term or another I know that most people don't most people the people that we're talking about are not trying to die none of them no they just none of them I don't care what anyone says none of them want to no even did not want to no even an addict who probably takes fentanyl or took fentanyl mixed with whatever even an addict probably didn't say oh gosh I'm gonna take enough fentanyl so I'll overdose on it yeah, no, never. Nobody, they just want to get high. That's right, it. exactly, exactly. But see, the difference is, is that illicit fentanyl and then the uh, pharmaceutical fentanyl. So the illicit fentanyl, you don't know the quant, you don't know how much is in it. Even if you were a fentanyl user, you have no clue how much fentanyl you're getting in that particular Percocet or Xanax or cocaine or heroin so that even if you're you out and you're trying to well i'm sorry to over talk you but i'm just no, saying like, even in even if like you're taking like an m so they the last thing i saw before getting sober in i was in tucson arizona and i started noticing that because i was still looking for black tar heroin at the time yeah. and i started noticing that people like including my husband would overdose um on accident like i had to call and use narcan quite frequently towards the end um and but I noticed that people were openly trying to get fentanyl and I was like what are you guys like ew no why like I don't understand why and then I realized like that they're really even in the heroin supply it's not really even heroin anymore 80% of heroin is filled with fentanyl in and so I, I there's I mean it kind of like took over and right. if you look at graphs and everything else <laughs> fentanyl is the leading cause of death for kids 18 to 45 and that's not even a kids that's just adults right like 18 to 45 and then the youth population that's dying from that is astounding the mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah I mean and, well you and, know they oh. say now they're like you know seven out of the ten pills are laced with um illicit fentanyl seven out of 10 street pills and 13 years of age is the average age of the first drug and alcohol use 13 that's my granddaughter 13 and she said Mimi look at that and I said yeah I said and you know better right oh yes ma'am and so I'm hoping that through her uncle's death that she's going to be a she will speak out and she can help her friends through this as well who might decide they want to you know venture down the wrong path you know no and I'm sure she will especially with being as close to Brandon as she was and especially with 
I mean, seeing it firsthand on, yeah, I mean, but it's good that you guys have Narcan nonetheless. I know that you're really close with your um, grandchildren. And I mean, I, I would tell anyone, I told my mom, I have siblings, they're all younger, um, that she should have Narcan. Anyone, everyone should. And you yeah. can, and you can get it now legally at any, it, even if you don't go to a rally and get it for free, you can listen to this. You can go get it at CVS, Walgreens, over the counter, wherever you get your other over the counter meds and you can buy a box of Narcan. Yeah. And if you don't want to buy it, check with your local um, DHEC and see. I know our local DHEC, you can just walk in and ask for it and they'll give it to you. Wait, what's D? Wait, say that again. Department of of Health Health and Human Service. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think ours is like Department of Health and Human Services, like DHH. I don't know. But yes, you're right. I think there's a lot of ways to get it for free. But if you do if you feel like you hear stories like this and you need it, you can literally go up the store or up to the CVS right now and buy it. Right. Yeah. Which is huge. Um, now as far as fear goes, so, um, I want everyone on here to know that the organization, if you guys want to get in touch with Melody and her husband, Ken, which I, we haven't really mentioned Ken a lot on here. (laughs) Um, he's amazing. He is like the kindest soul on the planet. Uh, and him and Melody are so passionate about this cause and they've done so much in such a short period of time. Um, and they've created this organization called fear. You can find it on Facebook. I will put all of the information in the description of this podcast Um, I'll put their email, whatever info, um, they are in South Carolina, but if you're a a parent, Mel is a great resource. Um, thank you. You really, no, you really are. You're a great resource for anyone, but you are for that as well. Um, especially for parents because you're so understanding and just so you've been through it. But, um, I want people to go see your fear page. I want them to see what you guys are doing. And I want people to understand that it can happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I just think that parents need to be proactive in this situation and never think that not my child, because again, your child may not be into drugs, but your child may take something from a friend because, you know, it's nine out of 10 people are giving something that kills them. It was a friend that gave it to them. That friend may not know that it was something in there that was going to kill their friend, but it was given to them from a friend. And so you can't, you need to educate yourself and then educate your children on what is going on in this world today it's your baby's life you know like it's your child's life and I just hope that like I I really hope that hearing stories like this um sorry for my froggy throat by the way uh but anyways it's froggier than normal (laughs) but (laughs) but um I really do hope that hearing stories like this and you know like 
being educated on this topic. Like I, I do hope that helps because we're not really getting tons of help nationally on mm-hmm. this. Um, and I, I think that the only way to really right now combat this is to hear stories and it is hard and it even makes me uncomfortable because I, I hear the hurt in your voice and that's the last thing I want to do. But it, it's it's something that needs to be heard, shared yeah. and spread in order. And maybe one parent will be like, oh, my God, I cannot imagine that. I can't right. imagine. So, you know what? If that conversation comes up, that needs to be had. And you're, so I'm going, so the two episodes this week, I didn't do one last week. Uh, Mimi's daycare was busy. So I, <laughs> yeah, Mimi was busy. So um, we did, you know, two Brandons, ironically, um, Brandon Bowers and um, Bam Mazio. I learned I was pronouncing it wrong the whole time. Um, Brandon Bam Mazio. Um, but his is on his second anniversary. It's coming out on Thursday. This one will be out today, but, um, yeah. So let's all keep Jenna, um, and Aiden and her husband in our prayers on Thursday. It's going to be a tough day. What did you do by the way? I wanted to ask. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was like one of the cool things that I really thought that you did to honor Brandon and I don't want to for, like leave that out because it <laughs> honored him in such a cool way so tell me really you know to kind of like so, finalize this what you did I know I forgot about that um <clears throat> so like I said his birthday is 420 so if any of you are familiar with what goes on on 420 <laughs> <laughs> um, unbeknownst to me when he was when he was born would that date have significance but um he loved being in Colorado on his birthday um, of course he did. Like I said, he worked out there, so he would always stay through his birthday, and then he would come home. Um, so on his birthday, which uh, this year he passed August fourth of twenty two, so on four twenty twenty three, um, he was cremated. We took his ashes to Vail, Colorado, and a bunch of his buddies, his um, brothers, they were his brothers, um, met us out there. And um, they took us to some of his highlights where they would hang out and we spread his ashes all together. And um, so if you're ever up on at Vail, there's a little bit of Brandon scattered around out there and he's shining down on you. Um, he, I just really, I bet you he's getting in. I bet you he's <laughs> snowboarding the best. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Ever. He, uh, I'm sure he loved that. And I feel at peace because he was his happiest out there. So I'm at peace knowing that that's where he is. And um, there'll be a little bit of him at the lake that maybe at the rock where he would jump, dropped off. I mean, where he jumped off. So, but that was what we did for his birthday. Um, And the guys want to try to keep that as a uh, annual thing. So we'll see what we can do as far as all getting together on his birthday up there. So I might have to meet you up there next year. <laughs> yes, you will. It was amazing. It was amazing. I would love nothing more. And I know my husband would be so for it. So, you know. <laughs> and it yeah. snowed. It snowed. It was a beautiful snowy day. So it was perfect. It was perfect. Well, is, it, is there anything that I left out that you want to say about Brandon that 
Is there anything that you feel I didn't um, ask or that's just important, like, as a last note for people to remember? No, I just, um, you know, just remember Brandon. Always say his name. Always ask about him. Tell me stories about him. I don't want people to be afraid not to come to me and talk about Brandon. Or if they see me, they're like, oh, I don't want to bring it up because I'm afraid I might make Melody cry. No, that, that would make me cry if nobody talks about him, you know? Well, we will always remember Brandon Adam Bowers, yep. 420 of 95 to August 4th of 2022. He was 27 years old, you guys. And um, he lived an amazing life. But you just heard from Mel um, and her and her husband, Ken, are doing everything they can, not just to keep me- you know, Brandon's memory alive, but to keep your child safe. So please, like, please, please, please reach out to Mel if you, you know, have any sort of like, she's just, she's a great resource, but also Mel, we're all with you and our condolences. And we, I, I know I can say this. I know any parent listening is giving you and sending you so many hugs because no one wants to go through that. And thank you so much for fighting on the behalf of the rest of us. You're welcome. And that's what I want to do. Just save one life and Brandon's death would not be in vain. Thank you all so much for joining in on the fourth official episode of Fixed and listening to the story of Brandon Bowers delivered by his mother, Melody Bowers. Um, On behalf of everyone, we send our condolences to them and stay tuned for this Thursday on the second angel anniversary uh, to hear from Jenna James, who also lost her son, Brandon, in a fentanyl poisoning. Thank you again.